Hello, hello. Welcome to Sustainable 214. Welcome yourself all to Sustainable 214, my magnificent chum. How the devil are you? Super and indeed duper. I saw well, a I'm... baby fox in my garden this week. It made me go, ooh. Nice. On your uh, baby fox trap? No, it was in the middle of the day. It just sudden, and, and just to be clear, this is not a physical trap that ah. Dave is talking about. It is a camera trap. Ah. I've gone all Chris Packham and Spring Rocks. It's great. But no, it just in the middle of the day, it was frolicking in the garden. Looking Very good. Cute. Yeah. W- wondering why it was all muddy. Go back and listen to last week's episode. We are Sustainable. We are your weekly environment podcast. In we all, all about people and the planet. And why, despite everything being nosed, we can still string together a couple of reasons to be cheerful. Yes. 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 And what are we going to be stringing together chains of this week, Oh? Uh, probably chains of like sweat, blood tears and mental anguish as we desperately try to wrap our tiny brains around (laughs) tiny tiny brain (laughs) around bitcoin why the hell are we doing this this look this is what happens when you text me saying hey what do you think we should cover this week and I go, oh, Bitcoin. And you go, yeah, good idea. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it wasn't a good idea. It was a shit idea. <laughs> Turns and out. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I just rather thought that maybe you knew what it was already. Oh, no. No, no. Um, yes. Well, sort this... of, but yeah. no. Well, it's a thing that you use to do some stuff with. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or, or do you? Um, yeah, so this is all about Bitcoin. And it will not have escaped your attention that Bitcoin is a thing which has been getting a bit of A, coverage, and B, alarm recently because of its supposed environmental impacts. And we've had people writing to us for a while saying, do Bitcoin, you bastards. And until now, we've got away with it. But I don't think we're going to get away with it anymore. Yes? No. And I'm fairly sure at the end of this episode, we're not going to get away with it either. But no. look, we're trying. Honestly, we, we have tried. Oh, my God. Very hard. Yes. Um, and, 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 you know, when we decided to do it, my initial reaction was like, great. I'm finally, you know, by dint of researching this for Babel, I'm finally going to understand. I'm actually going to understand a thing, which is what clever people talk about. And that will feel great. And what happened is I researched it and I, I don't really understand um, but I think we can sort of get to the grips with the basics of it. We've got some help. We've got some clever people coming to help us. So bear with. Before any of that, just the usual disclaimer. We do work for environmental charities, do we not all? Yes. But these are very much our own views. So if anything that we say makes you want to write our name in a ledger and pass it on to all of your friends, don't contact our bosses, but take it up directly with us. Yes. Absolutely. The fault will not be theirs. It will be yours, Dave. And of course, it will be mine. Yeah. M- mine. Yeah, yours and mine. Because yeah. if you do Bitcoin, you, you mine Bitcoin. We are a listener-supported podcast. So, if you like the babble and for some unfathomable reason want to hear more of this shit, you can dip into your cyber pocket. Don't think we take Bitcoin probably just as well for reasons we're about to come to we take money proper actual money you can dip into your proper actual cyber pocket and properly actually give us some money which doesn't exist transfer some numbers from your account to our patreon account which is wobbly 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 dot patreon.com slash sustainable please do that otherwise no babble for anyone super right on with it help us we are thick is this the real life is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. So, uh, this section hmm. is really, really relevant this week. <laughs> um, I don't think we are sick, but I feel sick now. Like, I, <sighs> you know, sometimes you kid yourself into thinking... Yeah, I kind of know what I'm talking about, about stuff. Like, you know, things I work on, things I care about. I'm not stupid. I've had a good education. Like, mm. I don't feel I don't feel that thick. And then you turn your head to something like Bitcoin and then you feel sick. Your brain, for example, <laughs> is so minute, Baldrick, that if a hungry cannibal cracked your head open, there wouldn't be enough inside to cover a small water biscuit. <laughs> 
Do you ever find yourself, in fact, I know that you do find yourself, because we've had a version of this about 10 minutes before we started recording. Do you ever find yourself saying to someone the following, yeah, I've looked into a thing and I reckon I understand it now. And they go, oh, brilliant. All right. Can you explain it? And you go, sure. So what it is, and then you (laughs) realise, right, is that you don't understand the thing. You understand it at a very broad level. This actually is one of the reasons that we started Sustainable in the first place. Oh, because our world, the world of environmental stuff, the world of saving the planet, and specifically often the technological and economic solutions mooted to so doing, are often superficially easy to grasp and actually fucking complicated once you get your head around it and often and there is the bleep machine yes uh, it's going to be getting fresh a workout from its, fresh from its workout last week right okay the basics the basics of <laughs> b-i-t-c-o-i-n yes and I it's, like it's important to clear that up because like, you know the- The Wikipedia entry starts in a place that I can understand by saying the word Bitcoin is a compound of the words bit and coin. And I was like, yeah, got that. Great. Okay. Okay. I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be be all right. right. Next sentence. (laughs) Oh, dearie me. Okay. So let's see if we can do this. What do you think of Bitcoin, if you see what I mean, is? (laughs) I was worried you might say that. Yes. Um, it digital cash is right. the kind of short answer. So, okay. if you, think about cash, right? And with, for younger listeners, cash mm. is a thing that we used to use before the pandemic. Um, and cash is brilliant when you think about it. The simplicity of it is incredible because once I give you a fiver, I don't have that fiver anymore. You have that fiver. There is no doubt about who has that fiver. But also nobody else has been involved. I don't need Mrs. Ol or Baby Ol to kind of be some sort of referee and say, yes, that is Ol definitely passing the fiver over to Dave. Dave has got the fiver. Ol has removed his final digit from that fiver. The fiver is now Dave's. You don't need any of that. It's completely private. It's completely accountable. It's simple. And you can't kind of well you can fraud it a bit but like you can't just go and photocopy a five pound note because it's got lots of clever security stuff built into it which means it's unique and to an extent that is what clever kind of computery people have been trying to replicate in digital currencies for quite some time and it's kind of it's not really a problem because we can do like bank transfers like for the vast majority of stuff, bank transfers, using your Visa card, using PayPal, whatever, like kind of works. And it's a lot better than it used to be because it used to be a bit clunky, but now it's not. But if you are trying to replicate that precise thing of like only two parties involved, no third party, complete security, complete accountability, and you don't want like a bank snooping around or, you know, being involved then it's actually quite hard. And Bitcoin was the sort of first thing that successfully solved that problem. And you're now going to explain how. Ah, You do understand it. I know it's hard, but try to think. If this was done today, would we really be using metal coins and paper for this? Perhaps we can find a better way. Well, I'm not going to explain what, what Bitcoin is. What I thought we would do uh, is I have asked friend of the babble, resident expert in everything, Big Dave, to explain this for us, right? Now, Big Dave knows about computers, and so he is going to explain what the f*** a Bitcoin is, right? Are you ready for this, all? Can you just ease off the bleep machine, please? No. And there'll, there'll be plenty of use for it later on, but, you know, chill. Quite right. Okay. All right. Quite right. All right, I'll try and keep this simple. Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency, which is based on a technology called blockchain. Now, a cryptocurrency is a bit like any currency. People use it to trade for other things, turnips, magic beans, Teslas, etc. The key difference between Bitcoin and normal cash is that there is no central authority printing Bitcoins. The Bitcoin software creates Bitcoins in a distributed and predefined manner across anyone running the software. 
The supply of new Bitcoins is entirely controlled by the software, and it's predefined. Unlike pound sterling or US dollars, where the Bank of England or the Federal Reserve can print more, there is an almost guaranteed fixed rate of supply of new Bitcoins. Okay. Right. So, I think I follow most of that. So, additional point that Big Dave raised there is that there's no one... There's no one making this stuff apart from the software and it's at an entirely predictable rate, right? So it's not like Mark Carney or whoever's in charge now can go, do you know what? I think we're going to have two billion more Bitcoin just shove that into circulation. Like, there is no one who can do that, even if they wanted to. So to that regard, it's not really like money then. It's like gold, is gold a yes. good a gold a good thing or maybe something well, else? It's a good like, analogy. It's a good right. analogy because the reason that gold was good for currency is because it is c- quite scarce but evenly distrib- uh, distributed around the world. So like there is no Saudi Arabia of gold where you're just sitting on all the gold. It's kind of in the earth's crust equally roughly everywhere and it's quite it's quite scarce. So you can't just devalue it. It's going to hold lots of value and that's that's what they're trying to do with bitcoin is to kind of have that artificial scarcity right yeah but but in order to but it isn't scarce because it's numbers so in order to make it scarce the software that everyone uses to be part of bitcoin has within it like as many bitcoins as you're ever going to get yeah is that yes right? i think so right. uh, and, and to make new ones it gets oh. harder and harder and harder each time Right. right. So so the the process of making new bitcoin involves massive computers mm. uh or certainly massively powerful ones but I think now increasingly I think we are talking about like physically quite big ones <laughs> uh using enormous amounts of computational power to solve increasingly complex maths problems and only when you solve that problem are you rewarded with new bitcoin so that is the process i think of like creating new bitcoin Uh, and that means that it doesn't get you know you're not just getting them churned out all the time um or at least you're not getting them churned out in increasing numbers check out the big brain on bread you're a smart motherfucker we put out a thing on our socials asking uh, for Babel listeners to help us because we are thick. Uh, and we, we got a wonderful thing from Graham Richardson, which I, I just, think it's worth, just think it's worth playing. Um, but, could you pull it up, all, and we'll, we'll have, a, have a play of that? Uh, yes. Because it's, what Graham doesn't realise is what he's managed to do is to take a thing I already don't understand and explained it through a metaphor that makes it even less likely that I will understand it <laughs> than I did before. Um, so well done, Graham. Um, this is how Graham would like to describe Bitcoin. So my theory is that Bitcoin was what the dwarves of Middle-earth were really looking for in the minds of Moria, but instead of releasing a Balrog, they released Elon Musk. That's about the level of understanding I have of Bitcoin. Yes, I I think that's a very clever and quite funny analogy if you've watched Lord of the Rings. Um, So this is all going to get very meta, but if if you've watched Lord of the Rings and you understand that analogy that, <laughs> <laughs> that's been sent to us by Graham, then then write in or send yeah. us a little voice note explaining it to us and try not to use another analogy to explain this analogy. Um, uh, help. Obviously, we are getting very close to the limit of our um, understanding of the mechanics of this stuff. Um, Does it matter? It it probably doesn't matter. I think. I think the key things to take away from it are that, like, it is deliberately very, very intensive in terms of computational power uh, to to make new Bitcoin and to an extent, not accidentally, deliberately. Deliberately, yeah. The whole point is that it needs to. It, you need to solve ever more complex uh, mathematical problems, which require ever more computing power, and that requires ever more access to 
electricity. So just because um, it, it is designed to do that, it's not an accident. Yeah. They have the, the, uh, oh Saka, what's he called? What's this put made up? Saka Sakoshi Nakamoto, um, oh, Mister Bitcoin, Mister yeah. Bitcoin, who may or may not exist, um, who may be a collection of people. The person who invented Bitcoin, mysterious shadowy half figure. Um, when when Sakoshi Nakamoto invented Bitcoin, you are saying he or she deliberately made it so you have to use ever more amounts of energy to play the game. Well, not play the game, you know what I mean. Del- yes, deliberately made it so you have to use ever more computing power to play the game. Like, you literally, the people who do this mining have to buy like and build incredibly powerful, sophisticated computers based on like incredibly powerful chips. And, that, sorry, we're talking about computer chips here, not... Good. Right. Not, not chips, chips, or crisps. Not real chips. Not real um, chips. Digital no. chips, not, not Digital chips, virtual, yeah. actual chips. Um, and to power that, unless someone comes up with some crazy-ass non-electricity way of doing this, right, to power that, you need more and more electricity, right? Um, so that is the point, um, because right. that, that kind of controls the supply of Bitcoin. It makes it, um, it, makes it harder to just fl- devalue this currency, I suppose. You can do it, in theory, kind of everywhere, with the massive caveat that you need access to an awful lot of electricity. And so unless you are mega, mega, mega rich, you will do that in the places where electricity is cheap. This is interesting. Oh, so these are some things I had not quite got my head around. I just wanted to say before we go into this a bit more, we have talked about Bitcoin before, you know, back in episode 99. I don't know if you remember. Oh, we no, talked. that was 115 episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I don't remember that. It was. It was at the very end of 2017. And we talked about it just in passing because it, Bitcoin had been in the news. It wasn't what we mostly talked about. We talked about it for five minutes. We did a diabolical job of explaining what Bitcoin <laughs> is. Um, we, basically, we basically said, here's, here's my quote. Here's what I said. Explain to me in 30 seconds or fewer what a Bitcoin is. Go. Well, it doesn't really mean anything. Have you finished? Yes. <laughs> See, that's what I said. That was me well, explaining Bitcoin. It wasn't wrong. Well, I was going to say, you know. It wasn't wrong. But um, yeah, we completely failed to sort of understand the stuff about how it works. We did note that it uses a lot of power. Well, the thing that I, when I listened to that back, um, I gave some financial advice. Oh, God. Um, in oh, that God. episode. Did you? Uh, well, specifically, I said, I am not a financial advisor. This is not financial advice. But I did say, don't buy Bitcoin. The arse is about to fall out of it. And it sounds like you'll lose your money, right? Now, this was in 2017. If you had spent one pound on a Bitcoin in uh, December 2017, it would now be worth uh, £2.60. So the point being, that since then... The, the price of Bitcoin has gone up by 260%. Is that right? No, it has gone no, up by 160%. Uh, it has no, 160%. 160%. 160%. 160%. 160%. Yeah. It has gone yeah. up by 160%. Right. Yeah. There. Good. Um, so, uh, and that is, that is, we'll come to this in a bit. That's despite the fact that the arse has recently fallen out of the Bitcoin market. There was a point when it went up by 500%. Yeah. Right. So basically, I'm not going to give any financial advice this time. It still seems to me, for reasons we're going to come to, that it would not be the most sensible thing to do with your money. However, I am skint. So don't listen to me for any sort of financial (laughs) advice about anything, particularly not made up Middle Earth dwarf currencies like this. Wouldn't you prefer a good game of chess? Later, let's play Global Thermonuclear. So, import. So, we are not going to. We are not going to understand the maths of Bitcoin. We're not even going to try. We're not going to get into it. Don't know. Don't understand. I did find in the course of the research that not only is the at the core of the Bitcoin a proof of work uh, algorithm is required. That's a thing you have to solve, which is called a nonce. That's what I discovered. <laughs> what? It's called a nonce. Is Chris Morris in charge of Bitcoin? <laughs> it's called a nonce, um, which explains, but you know, do with that information what you will. Um, I learned. Oh, you bit- chicken! You chicken out of your joke. I did chicken out. Well, oh yes, okay. So so many miners around. Ha ha ha. Yes, okay. That was my joke. No, it's good I, so I thought, that you chickened out your oh, joke. Yes. It, like- I'm glad I didn't say that. Yes, <laughs> yes. good. Yes, uh, Bitcoin is based. I learned on an elliptic curve called SECP two hundred fifty six K one, and it is encrypted with the ECDSA algorithm. It has a proposed improvement proposal that would add support for Schnorr signatures. Now, 
that's irritating because that's obviously the one bit of information that I did know about Bitcoin before we did this, you know, this episode and, and research. So that was the bit I wanted to say, you know, off oh, the top of my head, but I'm sorry. slightly stolen my thunder there, I'm but, s- but never mind. That. Okay, so yes. we're not really going to talk about that. No. We're going to try and talk about the... The planet. In, the, the planet. planet. The planet. And obviously, we, we don't touched on it already, but the, the reason this is relevant to the planet is because it, of its enormous energy use. Yes. Sending Marty McFly back to the future from 1985, sorry, from 1955 to 1985, and indeed from 1985 to 2015, and indeed from 2015. Anyway, you get the idea. That required how much energy? Can you remember? No. 1.21 gigawatts of energy. That's how much it required. And that was a number used to demonstrate the vastness of the energy required, which could only be generated by oh, a bolt of lightning. Oh, come on, you're oh, not that yeah, young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a no, no, I just, I'm, I'm, it's not, I've, I love the films and I've seen them. I'm just shit with films. I'm one of right. those people who like, you quote a film reference at and I'm like, no, I don't get it. What? Anyway, uh, sending Marty McFly back to the future by harnessing for a nanosecond a bolt of lightning uses 0.0168% of the energy required to mine one Bitcoin. So that is, it's 1.21 billion watts to send Marty McFly back to the future. It is 72 trillion watts to mine one Bitcoin. Jesus H. Christ, that's a big number. It is. That's a, that- that's, a That's very, the biggest number we featured on Babel, isn't it? It's pretty big. I think if you wanted to get the actual biggest number ever featured on Babel, what you would do is write down some of the numbers actually used in Bitcoin processing. Like they are genuinely like numbers so big that they have like millions of zeros. That's why they're so energy intensive, right? Massive, massive things. Um, so it's and- the equivalent of like when we were growing up, again, this is a nostalgic reference, but... New, big computers would be built that could like find the the next prime number, wouldn't they? Because like right. there is there right. was a sort of cap to how far you can go. <laughs> yeah, they'd go like thirteen, seventeen, and everyone would go whoop and yay, and we've invented something useful. Yeah, and from that we have the babble. So let's not knock it. That there, Elon Musk. Hang on, just playing um, the Elon Musk music. <laughs> uh, has recently, despite for ages and ages and ages, sort of been quite bullish about Bitcoin with regards to um, environmental impact. And then saying, yep, Tesla's bought up, I think, a billion and a half dollars worth of Bitcoin. And you're soon going to be able to buy Tesla cars with Bitcoin. So it was all, everyone was going, oh my God, right, this is it. This is the moment where Bitcoin, you know, tips over into real mainstream stuff. Then he tweeted going, uh, no, I've changed my mind because the planet, like, can't really justify the insane amount of carbon emissions associated with Bitcoin. So, yeah, sorry. And that was the point at which uh, Bitcoin's value dropped like a stone and uh, all sorts of fights kicked off on the internet between tech bros and other tech bros, which is all hugely edifying. But that's what we want to talk about. I believe in a renewable energy future. I believe that humanity must become a multi-planetary space-bearing civilization. Those seem like exciting goals, don't they? Yeah, we should do an episode all about him rather than me trying to riff on Elon Musk now. He's an interesting dude. Um, but yeah, he's he is the reason that uh, that suddenly everyone was talking about the carbon impact of Bitcoin, or at least talking about it more. And what is, I suppose, behind his kind of recent flip-flopping is not only the massive amount of energy required full stop, but the fact that people are increasingly looking to kind of provide that energy by like reopening old coal mines and really? yeah and powering them with gas sometimes but like there there are particularly in america there are literally coal mines that are dead or rather or rather coal plants not coal mines coal plants 
uh, that are that are dead, not doing anything, that are being reopened, and the people who own them going, "Oh, look, we can sell this to the to the miners, as in the the Bitcoin miners," um, and that is therefore just like terrible, terrible for the planet. So I think in the context of everything that we all know needs to happen in terms of coal use and natural gas use, uh, this is a newly horrific element of Bitcoin. Because there are cheap electric, shitloads of cheap electricity. That's what you need, right? This is what I learned from what you said earlier, um, which seems like the relevant point for this. Uh, by the way, we're talking about the same emissions that are produced from this as somewhere in between New Zealand, Chile or the Netherlands, because people can't quite work it out. But it's like a whole country's worth of CO2 equivalent is, is made by this. So you need a shitload, shitload of cheap electricity. And, and, and I think what... But- you need to also factor in with Bitcoin the fact that it is now getting so insanely valuable that it now makes economic sense for investors to pour money into reopening these previously uneconomic power plants. Right, right, right. Wow. So, like okay. these, I think the example there's an, there's a Wall Street Journal article about this, which I'll, I'll stick in the show notes. But the, the example they give there's like some uh, an idle coal plant in upstate New York has been restarted. Um, confusingly, that one's fueled by natural gas, but still bad. Uh, and now there's like a struggling coal plant in Montana is scaling up. And basically, it's it's the high price of Bitcoin, which is making investors go, hang on a minute, you know, that coal that we were pulling our money out of, like if it's specifically tied to Bitcoin mining, this is going to make this is going to make us money. So let's pour money back into coal. Right. So the question is, A, does it have to be dirty? Does it have to be dirty energy using your Bitcoin? Um, a lot of, I think a lot of hydroelectric power is a good candidate for this sort of stuff um, because, it, you know, which that we haven't really ever done is about dams and kind of whether dams are good, but not everybody would agree that a big dam is a good thing. No. But it is at least zero carbon at point use. going to put yeah. my, uh, nail my flag to the mast. Is that the right flag to yeah. the mast? Yeah, it's a sailing colours metaphor. Colours to the mast. Nail your colours to a mast when you're going yeah. into enemy territory. You're going to okay. say what you think and be damned. Well, there we go. I don't. Yes, I don't like dams. I think dams are bad. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good. Even little ones. Uh, not the ones made by beavers. They're good. Right. But the ones made by humans out of concrete, they're Big, bad. Because because why? Uh, because they displace large numbers of people. So, like, you know, river valley that was previously lived in by lots of people doing their nice living and stuff it gets flooded and they can't live there anymore and that knackers the uh it also knackers the the aquatic life in the river fishes and things what would previously have swum up and down now have a yonking great dam in the way and big lake and it all gets silted up and yeah bad but it's all, but it's all right when beavers do it yeah well because as per episode whatever 154 Thank five, you. Four. Yeah. Five. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that there, Chris Jones, lovely farmer, explained that beavers make their dams, uh, A, not out of concrete, uh, and B, they make them kind of a little bit leaky, so you get nice fish runs going up the side, um, and they increase biodiversity because they... Um, oh, this is ridiculous. Why am I defending beavers suddenly? <laughs> beavers are good, obviously. Go back and listen to whatever episode that was. Beavers are good. Nice. Shut up, Dave. Right. Good. But but look, th- th- there is an argument that says, um, particularly in China during the wait- rainy season, that rural areas that have got dams in them, you know, putting aside the fact probably putting a dam there in the first place was an abominable thing to do, but it's there now. Uh, and during the rainy season generates an absolute shit ton of uh, of electricity that cannot be used and is just wasted um by which i guess they mean the water is allowed to flow down and you know the turbines generate it but it's not used right um and so what the bitcoin bros say is when you hook up your bitcoin mining operation to those dams 
in that part of the, in that time of the year, you are using electricity that would literally be wasted otherwise. And so it is there is no carbon impact. Um, that is a good thing. Uh, and I reckon that about 10% um, of global mi- Bitcoin mining is done uh, that way in the dry season, and apparently about 50% in the wet season, according to an article that I've read, which I'm not sure is, you know, I don't think it's dodgy, but I'm not sure how much scrutiny there is in it. But it, I, I can see the logic there, okay? If it genuinely is going to be wasted and it's renewable, so and that, that's how you get electricity. I so, see the, I see the so in general, if we're having loads more renewable energy, be that, you know, dams or other things, in general, the more energy you produce, something like Bitcoin, you may as well do with the spare energy. Because, like, say you have more solar panels yeah. than you need, like the argument goes, well, it, it doesn't... It, it will benefit from just using that because otherwise it's going to waste. Which leads on to the second question, which is like, so is this the best thing to do with all that spare energy then? Right? Right. That, that's right. Because we've talked we've talked now for however long it's been about this. Three and a half days, I think. Three and a half days. And we've kind of just taken at face value that there is any point at all to all of this <laughs> twatting about. Right? People <laughs> yeah. in T-shirts with more money than sense with all sorts of weird ideas about how the world should work, um, who <laughs> invent a way of making money because they can, as far as I can work out, not, you know, and they will tell you it's for all sorts of reasons, like, oh, it will avoid, uh, you know, so the, the government can't mess about with money and control it and eradicate your savings, or it'll allow you to give money to freedom fighters in horrible countries and that sort of stuff. Um but it's basically just because they can, because computers, and they like computers, and because they've made yeah. a way that a computer can be even more their friend than it was in the first place. And so they make a thing, and it generates, uses 1% of the world's electricity, is it? Something like that? Somewhere in the region of 1% something, at the something moment. Something like that, at the moment. But, and but every, and it's getting more like, and more and more. It, by, yeah, by design, it has to get bigger and yeah. bigger faster. So, yeah, you know, that number is going to go up <laughs> quite quick. And... All that you have done is you have made electronically a thing that is either like gold, which we have, or cash, which we have. But you can do it on a pooter. Yeah. It's still a stupid It's such a couple. fine line between stupid and, and clever. Yeah, it's just clever. Clever. I think that's a very good summary. And uh, and obviously the, like, the value is entirely made up. Totally in the same way that... I wasn't wrong things... when I said that in episode 99, was no, it? Like, no. It doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't really mean Bitcoin. anything. It has value because people in the Bitcoin community say it has value and believe it has value. Which, which is, is true kind of... of the same as like yes. lots of things, like real money to an extent. Um, when people decide come on to www.patreon.com slash sustainababble and they donate to Sustainable to help with the running costs of this esteemed organ, it is yeah. because they value it 5 or they value it 10 or they value it 20, 30. Yeah. Maybe even they value it 50. Some people value it 100. Um, but excellent. anyway, this is a very good plug. Thank you very much. Um, but they va- and, and when we receive the money and our cockles are tickled, we go, that's great. Someone values us 5, 10, 20, 50 or 100. And we know what that means. And the person who gave it knows what that means. And we just kind of understand that money is money. Donations to the babble is donations to the babble of a certain amount. A 99p flake is 99p. And we just kind of all accept that, right? Yeah. But it is basically just an f- idea. Just a very, very it's, widespread held fiction. Exactly. Yes. It's it, it's a fiction that we all choose to believe, and by choosing to believe it, it it works. Um, Which like, is fine because to an extent, all money is made up. But the point being, like, let's not. I don't. I feel like I'm missing something, but I don't think I am. In that, basically, it's not really contributing very much. No, to and to go world. so so to go exactly to go back to the the question you posed, which I yeah. think was B, um, B, if I remember rightly, yeah. small small buzzy thing makes my tomatoes happy. That's right, yeah. Uh, now this was part B of your question about ten minutes ago. Was it? Is yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this time or episode ninety nine? Uh, <laughs> God knows. Be interesting to see if you kept this in for the edit as well. Uh, but but part B, I'm still awake. <laughs> part B was like. Is this the thing we should be doing right. yes, if we've good. got excess energy? 
And I think the answer is basically no. There are there are so many more useful things that we could be doing with right. excess energy, and uh, and related to that, like as we've talked about on other episodes, some elements of trying to avoid devastating climate change, kind of as a as a species, are going to involve doing new things which re- require quite a lot of green electricity, like potentially making hydrogen or mm. potentially heating our homes with electricity or something like lots of things that we currently use fossil fuels for we're going to need to use electricity for instead and that ne- electricity needs to be made off of renewable sources so if there's any like flex in a system somewhere we should be doing good climate saving things or good people helping you things with that electricity not just making let's face it tech bros who were already rich richer so the basic point that a lot of the bros will use right is they will say yes 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 i know it uses a lot of energy um but so does other stuff and no one has a go at that so leave us alone and they retreat back to their red ermine walled cellars and fap furiously whilst mining for bitcoins right (laughs) and the point is we do, particularly on this podcast, have a go at that other stuff, right? Like, it isn't all right to do loads and loads of unnecessary shit over here, and just because someone over here is doing loads and loads of also unnecessary shit somewhere else, to go, well, there you are, my unnecessary shit is all right. Incidentally, that kind of argument runs right through about the last 214 episodes worth of excuses from governments about stuff. We can talk about that anyway, right? It's like, well, yeah. leave my thing alone because other people are like, what about China? Why should I do this? Because what about China? What about, you know, Mrs. Miggins' debt store? She leaves her air dryer on all day. I've heard her. That sort of stuff. It's like, yes, fine, but turn yours off, you cretin, right? Yeah. And it's that, isn't it? Like, you don't get to defend a pointless thing just because someone else is doing a pointless thing somewhere else. Stop all pointless things. Exactly. I mean, I have this argument with my children every day. Oh. Like, please don't poke your brother in the eye. Well, he ripped my scrotum. Yeah, but that's bad too. Both things are bad. Like, stop well, doing scrotum, poke- scrot- scrotum worse. That is true, actually, yeah. yeah. And to be clear, that isn't a real example. And I'm a bit worried <laughs> as to why I decided to invent it. But you know what I mean? It's like, you're just like, yes, both these things are bad. Stop doing the bad things. Yes. But he did the bad thing first. I know he did the bad thing first. He shouldn't have done that. But that doesn't mean that you can do a bad thing back to him. This is an opportunity for you to have the moral high grounds. Take it. No, I'd rather Stop. poke him in the eye. Stop Don't. shouting at me, Daddy. When you were <laughs> shouting at me. Why is everyone shouting? <laughs> so we asked Big Dave whether or not, like... Because I, I, I suppose I want to distinguish the pointless thing that is a cryptocurrency, which I don't know enough about to definitely say it's pointless. I'm sure there are some, like, whatever. It's just, I'm sure there are some advantages of it. I don't really know, right? But it doesn't seem, from what I've heard so far, there's a lot of points about it. I want to distinguish the the idea of alternative online currencies from, like, specifically the problem here, which is the vast amount of energy being used. So we asked Big Dave, like, Big Dave, some people claim that Bitcoin is, like, uniquely environmentally destructive and that other... Uh, currencies are better. Is that true? Maybe, but probably not. I suspect that's more of an economic question than a technical one. Bitcoin mining is so energy intensive, partly because it's so competitive, which is mainly because Bitcoin is so valuable. You could certainly design a cryptocurrency to have a cheaper mining mechanism. The trouble with that is if that new currency became as valuable as Bitcoin, or more accurately, people thought it was going to become as valuable as Bitcoin, wouldn't all those miners simply use the same amount of power they currently use on Bitcoin to mine that new currency? Ultimately, a decentralized system that anyone can participate in to gain money by using energy will, if profitable enough, cause people to use more and more energy on it. Of course, all of that depends on the price of Bitcoin going up which sort of sounds like a scheme named after one of those pointy-shaped things that the Egyptians really liked a lot. But maybe let's not talk about that now. Yes, let's let's leave Toberones to another episode. <laughs> I like Big Dave's economic sass. That's good. Um, and Big Dave is like a tech bro, right? And if even he thinks the whole thing's a stupid idea, then it probably tells you something. But like, yeah, his point is basically right, isn't it? Like the essence of how you kind of make a thing work requires energy. 
And kind of by definition, if you're doing it on a computer, you're requiring energy. So yeah, you could probably have slightly better ways of doing it. But if loads and loads of people are using a currency online, it's going to use loads of energy. Yes? Now, all right, yeah. making banknotes uses energy. But then once you made it once, you've done it. If you come around my house and finally give me that £50 you owe me, <laughs> then you haven't involved, there's no energy involved. Right? Yeah. Yeah, there will be no, there will be absolutely no energy used in <laughs> the process of me giving you that money back because it ain't going to happen. Doggy coin. That's the that's the joke one that Elon Musk has somehow made really valuable, even though it's a joke, isn't it? Dogecoin or whatever it's called. Doggy coin. <sighs> it's, it's a doggy. Someone is made. It a, this is how stupid this whole thing is. I don't bloody know, but this is how stupid the whole thing is. Is that like somebody made a fake a cryptocurrency as a joke using the meme of that dog? There's like a, you, you'd know the picture. It's like, I think it's like dog. I think it's doggy. Right? I think it's like that. Using that with a picture of this dog, and they were like, "Oh, well, we can do our own currency. Look over here." And in uh, echoes of that film, uh, Brewster's Millions, when the guy ends up running yeah. for president and accident on a ticket of don't vote for me and actually ends up winning this thing is now worth 85 billion dollars <laughs> like people actually bought it elon musk prefers it to bitcoin right and there's loads and loads of these bloody things right and and yeah um i don't know why i said that but just like i don't understand I, it's try explain like as you said like it's tempting to go explain that to my granddad Explain it to me. Explain it to me. Explain yeah, it exactly. to me. What the <laughs> exactly. hell is happening in the world? And why? This is the last thing I wanted to say. Sorry, because I really haven't let you finish any of your points for the last 10 minutes. Maybe yeah, you could send me an email the last 214 episodes, but that's thing, fine. The, like, when we look back on why we did not didn't fix climate change, one of the things when we don't fix it that's going to strike us is we're going to go, look at all of these incredibly, insanely clever people that we had all alive at the same time, all of whom spent their time and their massive brains doing shit like this, right? <laughs> Making computer game programs that make fake money that other people with computer game programs can sell that fake money to, um, and making things called doggy coins and Ethereums and Ripples and Safe Moons and DeFi tokens and non-fungible tokens and all of this shit that is doesn't really mean anything. You couldn't put it in a sieve and you couldn't throw it into your neighbour's garden. And if you can't put it in a sieve and throw it into your neighbour's <laughs> garden, it is not going to solve climate change, Oh, Is it? Or is it? Water. Can't put water in a sieve. Can, can for a bit. Right, reasons to be cheerful, um, self-explanatory, and yeah. this is this is a really good one, oh, like yes. really good one. So good that we're going to do it properly in another episode, and we'll try and find someone involved to come and talk to us. So, just like caveat, this isn't us talking about it full stop, but we did just want to mention it because it is so so good, and that is. The a court, a bunch of judges in wigs. Don't know if they use wigs in Holland. Don't know. Uh, have my money, said my money's on not. I should imagine probably, that they yeah, walk, walk around, walk around with like I don't know. What would you have on your head in Holland? Clogs. Probably have a pancake. Yeah, pancake. Yeah. Um, windmill, I suppose. You probably would. Well, they're in old Amsterdam. Yeah, generating energy whilst whilst doing the thing. Anyway, we weren't going to talk about this. We appear to be talking about it. Oh, yeah, sorry. So the thing we're not going to talk about is that a court has said to friends of the Babel, permanent residents in Inhof Corner, Royal Dutch Shell, uh, that they have to cut their emissions by 45% by 2030. Like, they're saying that's the law now. Like, you haven't, you haven't done your thing on climate change. In fact, worse than that, you've, you've made climate change bad and you are now obliged to cut your emissions in line with wow. the Paris Climate Agreement, which is like, we will get into all of this when we do it properly, but like, bloody Nora, that is significant. Yeah. Like, a court saying this is legally what you have to do. This isn't like a government saying this is our new policy. This isn't a company saying this is our new net zero policy. It's the court saying, I don't care what you want to do, this is what you have to do. Um, and it's testament to some pretty epic campaigning by a bunch of people. 
and it will have huge, huge, huge implications. So we're, we're going, you know, that is now a thing that can apply to loads of other oil companies, loads of other companies, loads of other countries, et cetera, et cetera. We'll talk about it properly, maybe not next week because we're doing an interview with someone else, but we will get to it soon, promise. In the meantime, read about it, check out all of the stuff and a massive, massive well done to anyone involved. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, big up to Milia Defensi, who are friends of the Earth in the Netherlands, who have done this with a bunch of others. Things that went well, and things that could have gone better. Now, here we are, back in our distressingly regular feature of um well basically things that we screwed up um, no 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 come on come on last week we didn't screw anything up week before that we didn't screw anything oh we did screw something up the week before that last week we didn't screw anything up and we haven't really screwed anything up this week we just have an alternative perspective oh very from, nice from, are there from some from alternative facts that are being presented well, by just, our listeners just some just some challenging views yes this is about last week's episode which was about artificial lawns where we were talking about the environmental awfulness that is taking a garden and covering it in sheet plastic rather than having grass in it now we did say in that episode we were quite clear i think that it's not like environmentally speaking lawns as in a thing you cover in weed killer and mow is a good idea either right and all in particular was espousing the virtues of letting your lawn be wild and you know and 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 all full of flowers and shit don't take that smutty face off right now we were quite england centric were we not in our coverage on account of being in england i suppose yes yes yeah i mean it's hard to i sometimes find it harder during like perpetual lockdown although no we're not really in lockdown anymore are we i'm just used to just not moving well you you Um, are because you've got small children but yeah exactly (laughs) but i get yeah my i I do worry that my horizons have shrunk and i don't consider other places enough but yeah this is a point a a case in point um we were talking very much about the issue of lawns in the context of a country where it is very easy to grow grass and you don't need to like hurl huge amounts of water on that grass to make it grow and you don't need to cover it in pesticides though some people do in pursuit of their perfect in inverted commas lawn but like you can just if you just leave your lawn your normal lawn it will grow okay that is not the case in lots of other bits of the world where people do try to have the perfect lawn particularly in America and this is a point that was made to us by two people in America, uh, one of whom was Zoe, and I think she's in North Carolina, and the other of whom was Emma, who isn't. Um, she's in Col- Colorado, Colorado, which is yeah. one of the one of the middly bits. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they both basically say so. They both sent us lovely emails, but they both basically say like in America, loads of people take land that is not supposed to be like grass insofar as like you know you think of a nice english lawn just not supposed to be like that it's bloody california it's a desert like if you've got any grasses at all they're great big you know big ones you know like uh big things um and so like a lot (laughs) of people are in depth knowledge of uh (laughs) the, the western american flora and fauna there yeah big big ones like triffids um and so you've either got a like your actual lawns in America is generally an environmentally awful thing because the sheer amount of water and invasive stuff you have to, like, you know, that that it is in the first place, uh, which is what Zoe was talking about. Um, and she said, oh, I misread your original episode and I thought you were talking about how bad, like, lawns are. And she was just basically saying, in some places, they're really, really, really bad. And she's right, and we never said otherwise, I don't think. Um, but thank you for that. And then, yeah, Emma says, um, you will find the eco-friendly thing being applied to lawns in America as an alternative to having to use a shitload of water to get your lawn to grow. So, like, there's a whole other lens of babble goes on in uh, some in lawn marketing, which is, like, eco-friendly, doesn't need loads of water like your lawn. And that's probably, like, in a narrow way true, because the lawn yeah. requires shitloads of water because of where yeah. it is. Exactly. And Zoe makes the point that, like, if you left things to do what they sort of wanted to do according to nature, you would have your back garden filled with, like, rocks and cacti, which... I think it sounds quite nice. And she says your kids can't play in rock gardens filled with cacti, but I think your kids will quite quickly learn some hard <laughs> truths about life and um, probably respect you sooner than they otherwise would. Uh, so that's what I'm... After this babble finishes, I'm going to rip up what's left of the lawn, uh, which as per the last episode is actually mud, and I'm going to fill it with rocks and cacti, and I'm not going to tell my children until they discover for themselves. 
If you would like to get in touch with us and have your own views, and I suspect there will be people out there who have views either on the facts we have talked about or the facts we very much haven't talked about in this episode, or indeed any episode, you can email us to hello at sustainababble.fish. You can find us on the internet, on the Facebook, if you search for Sustainababble or at the Babble Wagon on Twitter. Yes, is that right? Have I done it right? that is just about it for another episode of Babble thank you very much Dave for babbling thank you to Big Dave for explaining things uh, and thank you to uh, equally large Dickie Moore for the music that begins and ends and intertwinkles this podcast and to the mahoosive Arthur Stobel for the local which is on our t-shirts that you can buy by going to our website www.sustainababble.com Fish. I've already said how you can get in touch with us, but if you want to support us financially, which you do, you really do, you mm. can go to wubbly slash sustainable and chip into the running costs of this esteemed organ. We are probably going to do, but haven't yet done at the time of recording, this new Apple subscribey thing that you can do Uh, we need to look into that that also seems like the future and is a thing that we're not sure whether or not it's going to sneak up and bite us on the bottom Um, but yeah we will probably do that let us know if that's a thing you would do or something Um, let us know about it we don't really understand we don't have like we're not like so-called independent podcasts that are actually powered by like money and big media stations it's just the Babel Army that support us and that means we don't understand we don't understand (laughs) yeah um good yeah check that out all right uh well i think we've managed to ask for money three times during the course of this podcast yeah, so yeah, very good um we're really getting the hang of this uh <laughs> well done us and we will retire on an absolute glut of bitcoin when we can uh good done yes going away now good yes bye, bye. i'm off to sit in a surprisingly empty football stadium and watch for the second year in a row my dreams of the premier league dissipate in front of me come on Brentford come on Brentford come on Brentford make it a babble double a babble double good old Cambridge United do you want to talk again about how excited you are to be in the big boy league not going to fall for this bye bye Tenth time lucky. Brentford. <laughs>